Hey Lifeline, if we've never met before, my name is Luke, and tonight we are starting a brand new series. I have my lovely tower creation here with me, and we'll get to that later. But to start our time tonight, I'm curious, are any of you uh, gamers? Like, would you consider yourself a video gamer on the old console or the PC? For me, I love video games. I guess I should rephrase that. I love NBA 2K, play it a lot. Uh, but growing up, there were two video games I loved. One was The Sims, where you kind of created a alternate reality in your computer and you got to rename yourself and build a cool house and go to work. It was more fun than I describe, okay? Another game we played uh, was called Zoo Tycoon, which uh, you were essentially the builder and the owner and the operator of a zoo. You could call and get penguins delivered if you had the money. You could build an exhibit where there's a giraffe and you accidentally put a lion in the cage and the lion kills a giraffe and it's very sad. But Zoo Tycoon is fun. And the my favorite thing about these games is that you could look up cheat codes for them. Like for The Sims, you could press these buttons on the keyboard and then this like little typing screen comes up and then you could write the word Rosebud, and then boom, you instantly got $1,000. And so me and my friends, Rosebud, enter, Rosebud, enter, Rosebud, enter. Money, 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 like constantly. Uh, on Zoo Tycoon, you could rename one of your zoo guests, and this is weird, to Rich Uncle Pennybags, and then uh, every time that guest came, you would get money. Apparently it was your rich uncle that was giving you pennies of money. Anyways, the cheat codes made the game way easier to play. I could buy penguins, tigers, unicorns in the zoo because of rich Uncle Pennybags. Shout out to rich Uncle Pennybags. Anyways, we are in a series about friends and family. And if your experience with friendship and family dynamics has been anything like mine, they can feel complicated. Your friend is upset with you and you're trying to remember exactly why they're upset with you and you don't really know the answer or just the friend dynamic changes over time and you're left wondering like what happened, you're kind of confused. Uh, your parents are awkward or weird, they say things that make you uncomfortable or they just don't really understand you. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was some sort of cheat code for these relationships? Like your parents are questioning you about where you're going or what you're doing and you just, <laughs> you say the word rich uncle penny bags. <laughs> I, I doubt that would be a cheat code, but you say something and then they instantly understand you and know that your motives are pure or your friends are kind of arguing with you or you've kind of have this perpetual like fighting or jabbing at each other. And it's like, there's a cheat code that just kind of settled it down. Just. The world would be a better place if we had a cheat code for these kinds of relationships. Well, I'm here tonight to tell you that I think we do. Now, when it comes to this cheat code about friends and family dynamics, it doesn't fix all problems automatically because every relationship involves two people. But I will say that uh, living into this cheat code and living by this principle will uh, significantly increase the chances of you having healthy relationships. So maybe you're asking, what is the cheat code to healthy relationships with friends and family members and anyone else in my life? It's 
trust. See, trust is the foundation of a healthy relationship. Uh, With trust, trust makes the difference between your parents giving you freedom and your parents giving you more restrictions. Trust is the difference between your friends understanding your motives and your friends questioning your motives. Trust matters. So I wanna begin our time by just saying, every healthy relationship is built on trust. And so what I'm telling you tonight is to be trustworthy. Like if you want your relationships to be healthy, if you want at least as far as it depends on you to to know that you're doing what you can to make healthy relationships, then be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. Be trustworthy. Let's pray. No, no, that's not all that I want to say, Uh, because we all know this. We know that trust is important in relationships. We just, uh, we often have a problem identifying where trust is built and where trust is broken. And I believe that you have habits in your life that might be breaking trust of your friends. Or I believe that there's an opportunity for you to build habits into your life that uh, allow you to build trust with your friends and with your parents. And so for the rest of our time together, I wanna point out two habits that build trust and two habits that break trust. And my hope is that uh, as I journey through uh, the scriptures, you will be confronted with, okay, where am I in that habit? Or what does my life look like to add that good trust building habit? And so uh, these habits are found or taken from the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It's about halfway uh, through the Bible. And Proverbs is a collection of wisdom sayings from uh, King Solomon. I love Proverbs because the sayings are kind of image-based. They're easy to remember. They're short. And they are packed with wisdom. Solomon, one time, uh, this King Solomon, God approaches him and talks to him and says, hey, uh, I want to give you whatever you want to ask for. What do you want? And Solomon says, I want to be wise. And so Solomon, the writer of Proverbs, has this unreal godly wisdom that you and I can benefit from. And so if you have your Bible or you have a way of following along with uh, our time together tonight, you can go to Proverbs chapter 25, verses 9 to 14. And within these verses, we will see what builds trust and what breaks trust. So let's begin with the first habit, a habit that breaks trust, a habit that builds trust. Proverbs 25, verses 9 and 10 says this, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. Okay, so Solomon is instructing the readers, his his sons, he's telling them how to navigate relationships, and he's saying, when you're in a fight with someone, when you're in an argument with a neighbor, do not betray another person's secret. Do not bring another person's story or what some other person said at a different time into this conversation. Why? And Solomon used some intense language. He says, Others may accuse you of gossip 
which we think of gossip as like, okay, people gossip, whatever. And then he just like takes it a step further. And you will never regain your good reputation. The first habit that breaks trust is gossip. But Solomon continues with a better option instead of gossip. He like continues his thought and he says this, timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. I know that sounds weird. Like we all have golden apples in a silver basket in our homes or something. But uh, Solomon was talking about a decoration that was used often. He's saying timely advice is lovely. It's beautiful. It's uh, great to be around. Now, uh, Solomon is kind of comparing a gossip versus timely advice. I know timely advice is like, okay, we give our friends advice. I understand. But the actual like original language translates timely advice to just timely words, words that uh, suit the situation that you are in. And so it's almost like Solomon is saying, do not gossip. Don't bring another person's story from back then into your conversation now, but stay in the conversation you're in. Use words that are timely and are helpful to what is happening right here instead of saying, back then they said this, or I saw them do that, and bringing these untimely words into the conversation. Uh, so gossip breaks trust, but timely words build trust. So let's use this example of this tower here. Let's say you have an opportunity to uh, share something hilarious that happened with your friends. Uh, a casual friend or someone that you're really close with did something that was totally embarrassing, but not a lot of people saw it or knew about it. You're talking about that person, and in that moment, you have an opportunity to add to the conversation, to make people laugh, and to feel good about yourself for a few moments. And so you say, you'll never believe what happened. And you tell the story and people are listening and laughing and it feels like a great moment, but trust is broken. It's like when you make that decision to tell that story that isn't yours from a time that isn't timely to what's happening there and helpful, you break trust. And it's not only that you break trust with the person who you talked about, but you break trust with the people that are listening to you because they think, what if that was me? Or let's say you have a friend, you know, friend dynamics change over time and you had a friend that you used to be really close with and you guys talked with each other a lot and shared uh, intimate details about your life. But then things kind of, you moved on and you don't resent each other or anything, but you just don't talk as much as you used to. Well, let's say that friend comes up in conversation with your new group of friends and all of a sudden you have all this information that you can use. It's not necessarily funny, but it's, you know about this person. You have the decision to make of whether you're going to bring that information from the past into the present. Stories that aren't yours to share, information that's not yours to talk about. But you want to be the person that has information about people. You want to be seen as on topic with your friends that are talking about that person. And you say, oh yeah, her and I used to be really close. And you start sharing those things that she shared years ago. And it's like in that moment, in that moment, trust is being broken. 
Not only by that person, if she ever found out, but by your friends who are listening, because they're wondering, what if that was me? I want to remind you of what Solomon says. He says, others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. This is what is at stake. Gossiping breaks trust. But let's let's run the tape back. Let's do those same scenarios. And it's like, you saw that person do that funny thing and it was kind of embarrassing and you have the opportunity to share what, uh, what they did and make people laugh, but you decide not to. In that moment, trust is being built. I accidentally broke all the trust, apparently. But let's just say, hold up. Okay, now trust is being built again. But let's say you you don't say that, you don't share that embarrassing story, and it's like that person, their trust of you is being built again successfully here. See, trust is something that can be built or broken, and it's all by these small decisions we make when we're talking about other people or we have the opportunity to talk about other people. Another example might be that uh, your friends are talking about someone and it's clear that what they're saying isn't kind and isn't right and that person's not even in the room. Another way you can build trust is by shutting down those types of conversations. By saying, hey, I don't think that's right to talk about that person when they're not here. And I'm telling you, although it'll be awkward in the moment, that ability to shut down gossip will build trust with those people. They might feel weird, like, oh, why are you calling me out? But in the end of the day, they say, what if that was me? I'm glad I have a friend that shuts that stuff down. Trust can be built, trust can be broken, and trust is the foundation of a healthy relationship. Okay, so as we continue down Proverbs 25, Uh, Solomon gives another habit of trust, a a habit that can build trust and a habit that can break trust. So down in verse 13 and 14, this is what Solomon says. He says, Trustworthy messengers refresh like snow in the summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. And then he says, A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. Okay, within these two verses, we get a look at another habit that breaks trust, another habit that builds trust. Solomon says, trustworthy messengers refresh like the snow in the summer. They revive the spirit of their employer. So picture this. You are someone who needs to get a message out to someone else in in a distant land. You send someone to that distant land and say, this is what I want you to tell them. And you give them the details of whatever it is you want them to say, and they go and you know you can count on them to deliver that message. Solomon says it's like snow in the summer. It's actually what they used to do in the hot summer. They would uh, go to a land, a high place that had snow and use it as like a, a cup of cold water. It's like a cup of cold water. It's refreshing to the person that sent them. It's like, I know I can count on them. This is a habit that can build Trust, I would call it follow through. Follow through builds trust. But then Solomon continues, he goes down the line. He says, a person who promises a gift but doesn't give it is like clouds and wind that bring no rain. Again, we find ourselves out in the hot sun 
and we are desperate for some refreshment. And the clouds are coming and it looks promising, like we're going to get some rain and it doesn't happen. Solomon says that is like a person who promises something and doesn't deliver it. See, follow through builds trust. A messenger that can be counted on builds trust, but laziness breaks trust. I think this is an important conversation to have about your relationship with your parents. If follow-through builds trust and laziness breaks trust, how are you doing? So let's say you want to go hang out with your friends and your parents are like, okay, but you have to have your homework done first. In that moment, you can choose to commit to something and then be lazy and not do it, or you can choose follow-through. So let's say you're like, yeah, I can do my homework. You finish it. You go hang out with your friends. You come back. Your parents are like, hey, did you end up finishing your homework? And you say yes. It seems like a small thing, but in that moment, you are building trust with your parents. They are learning that they can count on you. Or another example. Let's say your parents say, hey, you can go hang out with your friends, but you need to be back by 1030. It's a school night and we don't want you out late. And you say, yes, I can do that. Again, in that moment, you can decide, will I be lazy, not keep track of time? It doesn't seem like a big deal. Or will I make sure that I'm back by 1030? So you get back 1028, two minutes to spare. And it seems like a small thing, but over time, you are building trust with your parents and every healthy relationship is built on trust. Let's do it again. Let's go back. You say you're going to finish your homework. Things get busy. You end up playing video games. Your friends are there to pick you up and you leave. You come back. Your parents are like, hey, did you finish your homework? And you're like, uh, I finished some of it, not all of it. It seems like a small thing, but in that moment, trust broken. And your parents are learning that they can count on you just a little bit less. Or you say, yeah, I'll be back by 10.30 and it's 10.40 and your mom texts you, where are you? Sorry, I'm on my way back, lost track of time. And it seems like such a small thing, but trust broken. See, trust is something that can be broken and can be built with these small decisions. So I guess what I've been trying to do here with this image and with kind of talking about Solomon's wise words is to show you that the little moments matter. The little decision to gossip about your friend breaks trust. The little decision to shut down gossip in the moment builds trust. The little decision to uh, do your homework or clean your room when you said you're going to builds trust. The little decision to come home just a few minutes after you said you were breaks trust. This matters because every healthy relationship is built on trust. And so I got to ask you, what are you doing right now, habit-wise, that might be breaking trust in other people? And what could you start doing that might build trust? This is the path that God has for us. He desires that we have healthy relationships and you and I are invited to do our part by making sure that we are trustworthy. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the moments that we share as a Lifeline family. And God, uh, 
Building trust can be difficult because it's often hard to know those small moments where trust can be built. It's hard to figure out just how much they matter. So God, give us the eyes to see when trust is being broken. Give us the ability to change our ways and to follow your lead on walking in wisdom in our friendships and our family relationships. God, we commit these things to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.